Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Monday, October 16th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Riverside is heating up today, with a high of 92.6 degrees and a low of 66.8. As the temperatures rise, so does the action both domestically and internationally. In global news, the Biden administration is showing firm backing for Israel amidst the volatile Israel-Hamas conflict, promising to reinforce the U.S.-Israel relationship. Here in the U.S., trouble continues to brew for Rite Aid, as the company has filed for bankruptcy following declining sales and opioid lawsuits. Still, it has secured a lifeline in the form of $3.45 billion in fresh financing. Speaking of breakthroughs, scientists have achieved a game-changer in our understanding of the human brain. They've created the largest ever brain cell map. We'll delve into what this holds for future innovations in neuroscience. And rounding up our headlines for today, a story out of Ecuador. It appears the inexperienced heir to a banana fortune has been victorious in the country's presidential runoff, but not without violence unprecedented in the nation's history. More details on these stories coming up on Alex's News. Our top story today centers around President Biden expressing solid support for Israel amid the recent Israel-Hamas conflict. Ethan, can you give our viewers an overview of the current situation? Absolutely, Grace. The recent conflict between Israel and Hamas has brought the debate about U.S. foreign policy to the forefront. Secretary of State Antony Blinken confirmed that the U.S. will be furnishing Israel with $735 million in precision-guided missiles. Blinken also reaffirmed the U.S.'s commitment to Israel's security and expressed condemnation for Hamas's indiscriminate rocket attacks on civilians. As you can imagine, this move has sparked a flurry of responses from both sides of the political aisle. So Ethan, let's delve a little deeper into the key elements of the story. Yes, President Biden has been clear in his stance and did not mince words in his speech on May 20th. The president voiced personal anger at the conflict, strongly condemned the attacks by Hamas, affirmed Israel's right to defend itself, and empathized with the significant loss of civilian lives. He urged for a de-escalation of violence and pledged that his administration would work with the global community to channel humanitarian aid to Gaza. In the midst of this, Biden has maintained frequent contact with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, reinforcing the U.S.'s unwavering support for Israel and its right to self-defense. And President Biden hasn't only focused on the Israel-Hamas conflict, correct? That's true. He's also acknowledged the respective concerns of Israel and Ukraine and made certain commitments to both nations. Biden has stated his aim to strengthen the U.S.-Israel relationship and ensure its security and stability. He's also expressed his intent to improve Saudi-Israeli ties with the ultimate goal of creating a more secure and stable Middle East. Along these lines, the administration has plans to send additional weapons and warships to bolster Israel's defense capabilities. That's certainly a broad scope of involvement. What about Ukraine? Focusing on Ukraine, President Biden has chosen Penny Pritzker, former U.S. Secretary of Commerce, to spearhead efforts in resuscitating Ukraine's economy. Pritzker's appointment demonstrates the administration's faith in her wealth of experience in business and economics and its dedication to fostering Ukraine's growth and stability. At the same time, Biden is also determined to persist with providing military support to Ukraine in its battle with Russia. Any speculative implications stemming from these actions, Ethan? 
Grace, there's definitely going to be far-reaching consequences. The support for Israel and the stance against Hamas could reshape U.S. relations in the Middle East, and the continued aid to Ukraine could affect tensions with Russia. Actions like these are likely to draw a variety of reactions from allies and rivals alike on the global stage. And these details were sourced from? Accurate information is paramount, Grace. This report is based on various news articles from reputable outlets such as the New York Times, Reuters, ABC News, and CNN Politics. Thank you, Ethan. Fascinating developments, and it'll be interesting to witness how these decisions unfold on the international stage. Moving on to the next story. Let's move to our second story for today. Struggling U.S. pharmacy chain Rite Aid has filed for bankruptcy amid a backdrop of decreasing sales and opioid-related lawsuits. For more on this, we have Chloe with us today. Chloe, could you provide more context about Rite Aid's current situation? Hi, Grace. Yes, Rite Aid, which is one of the biggest pharmacy chains in the United States, is facing some significant challenges. ABC News reports that Rite Aid's revenue fell to $5.7 billion in the recent fiscal quarter, with a staggering net loss of $306.7 million. This bankruptcy filing comes off the back of declining sales and the financial implications of several opioid-related lawsuits. The company has somehow managed to secure $3.45 billion in new financing to help with its restructuring. So, we know they've been struggling financially and facing legal challenges. Can you explain more about the specifics of these lawsuits? Absolutely, Grace. According to NPR, Rite Aid reached a settlement in 2022 for up to $30 million to tackle allegations that its pharmacies contributed to an oversupply of prescription opioids. The Justice Department had previously filed a complaint accusing Rite Aid of knowingly filling unlawful prescriptions for controlled substances. This settlement is considered a part of the company's initiative to resolve these claims and move forward with the restructuring plan. And what implications can we expect from this fallout? Well, the bankruptcy filing and the crucial financing will help Rite Aid manage its financial difficulties and reduce its debt. The company already reached an agreement with its creditors on a restructuring plan aimed at positioning Rite Aid for future growth. This bankruptcy filing isn't expected to impact its business operations or its reporting obligations to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. So it's clear that the company is planning major changes. Are there any leadership changes to note? Yes, there indeed is a shift in leadership. Rite Aid has appointed Jeffrey Stein as the new CEO, taking over from Elizabeth Burr. Stein is tasked with the mission of improving Rite Aid's financial performance and guiding it out of bankruptcy. As a part of its restructuring plan, are we expecting to see any operational changes for Rite Aid? According to reports from the Associated Press, Rite Aid operates over 2,100 pharmacies across 17 states. As a part of its restructuring, the pharmacy giant plans to close down some underperforming stores. But interestingly, business operations and legal reporting requirements are expected to stay unaffected by the bankruptcy filing and any non-compliance with New York Stock Exchange listing standards. Lastly, Chloe, what are the broader implications for the pharmacy industry in the U.S.? The troubles faced by Rite Aid reflect a larger, ongoing struggle experienced by brick-and-mortar pharmacy chains across the U.S. Competition from larger rivals like CVS and Walgreens, coupled with the rise of online retailers such as Amazon, has put significant pressure on standalone pharmacy chains. It's a tough market out there, and Rite Aid's financial situation, while grave, underscores the wider challenges faced by the industry. 
Thank you, Chloe, for that comprehensive breakdown on this developing situation concerning Rite Aid's bankruptcy filing. Returning now to our third topic of the day, an extraordinary development in neuroscience. Recently, scientists have constructed the largest map ever of the human brain. This brain atlas includes the sequencing of RNA from over 3 million individual brain cells, illuminating more than 3,000 cell types, previously undiscovered. This fundamental research took place under the umbrella of the U.S. National Institutes of Health's brain research through advancing innovative neurotechnologies or brain initiative. For more on this, we have our specialist correspondent, Ethan. Ethan, could you walk us through the importance of this research? Of course, Grace. This is an exciting milestone in neuroscience because it essentially gives us a detailed tour of the brain. Until now, our understanding of the brain's organization and complexity has been rather limited. With this new map, we have a comprehensive view of the distinct cell types in the human brain. This advancement in our knowledge could significantly change how we view brain disorders, cognition, and human behavior. The scope of this brain atlas is quite astounding, with 106 locations in the human brain analyzed and over 3,000 new brain cell types discovered. But that's not where the accomplishment ends, is it? Not at all. In addition to identifying these locations and cell types, the researchers have made meaningful connections between specific cell types and various neuropsychiatric disorders like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, and Alzheimer's disease. The scientists divided these cells into 461 broad categories and over 3,000 subtypes, an unprecedented level of detail. Ethan, these findings have been shared in 21 papers published in esteemed journals, including Science and Science Translational Medicine. As such, it is clear they've used some rather advanced techniques to make these discoveries. Certainly, Grace. They've employed revolutionary techniques like transcriptomics and epigenomics, which identified the arrangement of brain cells and their internal mechanisms. By examining gene regulation and expression in different cells, they could ascertain their development histories and functions. This deep exploration into the workings of the brain is truly monumental. You mentioned gene regulation, which brings us to the significant role of AI in this research. I understand that the University of California, San Diego, made substantial contributions through artificial intelligence. Could you expand on this? Certainly. The University of California San Diego utilized AI to examine the gene switches in various brain cell types. They performed this analysis on over a million human brain cells, which gave them a deeper understanding of the relationship between specific cell types and neuropsychiatric disorders. The team also used AI to predict the potential impact of high-risk gene variants associated with different conditions. With all this insightful data obtained, what's next for this research? Grace. The research team has made these findings publicly available on the Neuroscience Multi-OMIC Archive, an online resource for researchers worldwide. The level of accessibility contributes to further discoveries in neuroscience. As possibilities for comprehensive research like this expand, we will undoubtedly witness a shift in our overall understanding of brain function and the development of treatments for various brain disorders. A fascinating development, indeed, with significant potential to revolutionize neuroscience. This story has been reported by Optimize IAS, Daily News, and paid for articles. Thanks for your comprehensive report, Ethan. Thank you, Grace. Always a pleasure to deliver exciting news from the scientific world. 
Our fourth and final story for today comes from Ecuador. According to ABC News, an inexperienced politician and banana trade heir, Daniel Noboa, has surprisingly won the country's presidential runoff election. I'd now like to bring in our news reporter Chloe to give us a more in-depth analysis. Chloe, this election took place amid an atmosphere of violence, is that right? Yes, Grace. It was indeed unprecedented. In the run-up to the election, one of the candidates tragically lost their life. Overall, Naboa secured 52.2% of the votes, beating Luisa Gonzalez, a leftist lawyer and ally of former President Rafael Correa. And despite being relatively inexperienced in politics, Naboa isn't completely new either, is he? Absolutely. As reported by Reuters, Naboa started his political career just a couple of years ago in 2021, but he grew up following his father's political aspirations. His father, Alvaro Naboa, is actually the richest man in Ecuador and ran for president five times. I see. So his victory represents a special moment for his family. What are some of the challenges he will be facing as he takes the reins? Naboa, who is just 35, is stepping into leadership at a time when Ecuador is grappling with drug trafficking-related violence and widespread worries about the safety of its citizens. He's proposed a series of measures to tackle these issues, including unconventional ones such as housing dangerous criminals on prison ships. And these concerns about security are really due to broader issues at play, correct? Exactly, Grace. The recent spike in violence in Ecuador is largely tied to the cocaine trade, with cartels from Mexico, Colombia, and even as far away as the Balkans operating in the country. Now this victory isn't just personally significant for Naboa and his family, but it also marks a sea change in Ecuadorian politics, right? You're right, Grace. His win is viewed as a rejection of Gonzalez's mentor, former President Rafael Correa. This implies a shift in the country's political landscape. Despite obvious concerns surrounding his experience and his capacity to handle the security crisis, Naboa's election is a historic moment for his family. Given these points, what can we expect from Naboa's presidency? Well, Grace, as reported by the Associated Press amongst others, Naboa's rise to the presidency underscores evolving dynamics in Ecuadorian politics and the call for fresh approaches to address the nation's urgent matters. His term is set to run from December of next year until May 2025, and it will be interesting to see how his pledges to rebuild the economy and tackle crime evolve during this time. Indeed, this will be an important development to follow. Thank you for that detailed analysis, Chloe. It certainly seems that Ecuador is poised for some significant changes. Here's hoping for a peaceful and prosperous term for President Naboa. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.